Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees Podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Millmine, and this is episode 158. You forget what you know. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 158 of the Shiny podcast. I am Jo, I'm your host, and today we're going to be having a little bit of knitting chat as usual. So thank you for joining me if you are a returning listener, and if you are a new listener, thank you for giving the podcast a whirl. Hope you'll enjoy what you find here, and enjoy hanging out with us. Today is Thursday, the 1st of October. White Rabbits! Is white rabbits a thing where you are? White rabbits is definitely a thing where I am. Not so much the pinch punch first of the month thing. That was definitely something that I learned from people from not where I I am from. But yeah, first of October, final quarter of the year. Who would have thought it? Uh, It's just really confusing. Really confusing. But here we are. And yeah, how are you doing? Like literally, how are you doing? It's been quite busy since last time I spoke to you as you probably gathered from the somewhat inconsistent posting schedule recently but what can we do we are where we are when I can get to you I'll get to you and that's all we can do isn't it ultimately it's all we can do so if you're out there hanging on for grim death keep going you're doing an awesome job and if you're not hanging on for grim death and you're just you're just fine that is also awesome so yeah thank you to everyone who's been in touch since last time i podcasted which was i think about 10 days ago talking about the raf comforts committee which yeah was really cool got lots of interest um and feedback from people talking about that so if you haven't listened to that already it's episode 157 talking about the RAF comforts committee and the purpose of the RAF comforts committee was to knit comforts during the war for all of the different soldiers and things and I talked about a little bit of the history of the comforts committee and where it came from and what what they did basically because I have a badge an RAF Comforts Committee badge, which apparently you only got if you were the the leader of the Comforts Committee or if you'd committed at least 100 hours and, is it half a shilling? To pay for the badge. But I've got got one on my knitting bag. And I found it and I've forgotten I owned it and it just inspired me to go look up some details of the RAF Comforts Committee. And this sparked some chit chat really in the mighty networks group and i'll come back to that in a bit our new community home which i'm loving and um some people with some feedback about it because last time i asked you if you know if you've got any good sort of uh, resources from your country that were similar to this then to let me know so i'm very pleased that you did now neil who was mentioned in the last podcast for knitting a Gansey. He's ex-Navy, ex-Australian Navy and he knitted a Gansey for his son. He went and posted a picture of his Gansey in there which is awesome. So if you want to see it you can head over and have a look in that. Um, but also another Aussie, Nicola Lane, got in touch on and put these 
these resources into the uh, community group on Mighty Networks. And she's done some uh, research by Australian wartime knitting. Now, I'd actually seen what she was talking about because I've been to the Australian War Memorial in Canberra. I went last year. Amazing War Memorial. Um, a beautiful building, that really lovely place to go and visit. Not, not the war is lovely, but a very, you know, a really good museum to teach you all about everything that's happened, but also very peaceful um, and very nice museum, very high quality exhibits. Because um, obviously we go and visit a lot of war memorials and aircraft museums and whatever, because that's what we do. And um, I've actually been to that one in Canberra. Really cool. Nice cafe. Great pies. I love Australia. The entire country has great pies. And as a Wiganer, like, good pies are really important to me. Anyway, back to the point in hand. So um, they've got some of the pattern booklets in the archives. I've actually got some pictures that I will try and drop into the show notes and into the community um, that I took while I was there. I actually remember taking pictures of the sock patterns and things, thinking about this very subject at that time. And so she's put a link onto um, Woolen Comfort's home for a sock pattern booklet where it's actually got the patterns in. Because again, last time I was saying I was finding it difficult to find a copy, a digitised copy of those um, Comforts Committee pamphlets. Because I thought it'd be really interesting for everyone to look at. And, you know, maybe if we wanted to knit some, then we could. Uh, but it's very difficult to find one of those. But I know a lady who has one. I know Susan Crawford's got one. And again, we'll come back to her in a little minute. But I'll put a link for this in the show notes as well. But if you can't wait for me to take however long it takes me to write up these freaking show notes, because um, I'm about six episodes behind now, because show notes don't light me up inside, um, then you can find the links over in the uh, Mighty Networks group. So she's got um, the one for the socks and... Um, some other different resources that we can go and look at and also an interview with a uh, Royal Australian Air Force Airman who knitted in a German POW camp which is really interesting and uh, so that the links for all of that are in there but I will copy these links over when I get uh, the chance to and then also Judith Logan Junop Junop Logan Junop 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 not sure. Hi, Judith, um, who is very kind of friendly and active listener, also came in to talk about the Canadians. And she said, um, reminded uh, her of her grandmother and her grandmother telling her about the Canadian Red Cross initiative during the war, which was called Knitting for Britain. So she went and had a look and pulled up a book called Canada Knits and shared some pictures out of it in the group, which was hilarious. None more so, and I'll have to excuse the clicking because I've had to bring up the picture to read it to you, but she shared a little bit of a passage from The Secret Life of Knitting, Intimate Apparel for Ladies. So um, basically it says, Susanna Moody was of the opinion that Canadian women were overfond of dressing ostentatiously and that they often jeopardised their husbands' incomes because of this weakness of character. But she grudgingly awarded us rather high marks for our taste in selecting colours. She made it clear too that our vanities did not extend to our underwear. This is certainly not true today, but perhaps it was more credible in the years before we sustained the collective fear of car accidents in which our lingerie would be found wanting. <laughs> Hilarious. Susan, Susan Moody, Moody by name, or Susanna 
moody by name, moody by nature, said, among the Canadian women, a love of dress exceeds all other passions. In public, they dress in silks and satins and wear the most expensive ornaments and they display considerable taste in the arrangement and choice of colours. The wife of a man in moderate circumstances, whose income does not exceed two or three hundred pounds a year, does not hesitate in expending ten or fifteen pounds upon one article of outside finery. While often her inner garments are not worth as many sous, thus sacrificing to outward show all the real comforts of life. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I am loving the Canadian women's attitude to life here. I'm seeing no issues with this, frankly. And in in this book, it, it goes on to say, what a shocking accusation of frivolity and of insubstantial moral development among our foremothers. Well, if that is insubstantial moral development, I heartily endorse it. And I aim to be that (laughs) insubstantially morally developed myself one day when I grow up. So yeah, really cool. Some really interesting different bits and pieces that people have shared into the group that, you know, about the history of knitting and how that idea of the comforts committee played out in other different parts of the world. So yeah, really cool. So thank you to both of you, Nicola and Judith, for sharing those with us. Speaking of the Mighty Networks community, it is it's open. You can come join it. If you want to find it, you can go to Mighty Networks and put in Shiny Bee's podcast, uh, Knitting Podcast Club. That's what it is. We're a club now, darling. And um if not, you can go to shinybees.com forward slash community and it will redirect you to the right place if that's easier to find. Um, Mighty Networks it is a free network to be on there for you and um, it doesn't have any of the adverts or any of the rubbish that you get on Facebook, which is why I want to be over there. Uh, there were some issues this last week with people trying to move over from Facebook. Um, so I apologise if that has affected you. Uh, whereby it wasn't actually Mighty Networks. I contacted Mighty Networks and it wasn't them. And I know it wasn't them. They did say it wasn't, but I obviously don't believe everything people say. But I actually experienced the same pop-up myself when I was clicking on a different link out of Facebook. So in fact, it was Facebook that was delivering this super spammy Nigerian prince, three million pound. You know, you're the five millionth visitor. Click here to get your free smart TV like that was the kind of pop-up that was popping up and and people were really struggling to get through the link to get onto the Mighty Networks page to sign up Um, and, you know, people were a bit absolutely reasonably worried that it was some kind of security problem, Um, which it it may well have been, but it wasn't from Mighty Networks. It was from Facebook Um, and the reason I know is because I clicked on a link, somebody's advert that they paid for for something else and I was actually served that pop-up as well so it definitely wasn't to do with Mighty Networks because this this was a completely unrelated website and I, I also magically had won a, a smart tv don't don't need one but I was offered one so if you've had problems with it please don't go through the Facebook group link if, you've, if you're struggling with it um I did change it out so it should be fine now but if you go to shinybees.com forward slash community, one of my lovely listeners actually checked it for me and um, she's like, no, it's fine. If you just go directly to the site, you don't get that problem. Um, so 
don't let that put you off basically because it is really fun over there once you get to figure out where everything is it's much easier as well but it's all in one place there are no adverts there's no negativity everyone's just sharing cool knitting stuff and and being lovely to each other and yeah everything everything my little heart dreams of basically so we're over there hanging out and i'm in there every day now because um it's much more fun it's much more fun than facebook so that is the mighty network please come over there and join us obviously if you don't want to add something else to your list of places to go i completely understand and i hope at some point that you will come and try it and join us but i understand if you don't want to as well um but i have to try and make it the best possible experience and I, I don't I honestly don't believe that Facebook is that which is why I've moved over there um the only way to do it where it's completely totally I own everything data and everything else wise is for me to build something on my website which obviously comes with a reasonable amount of cost and uh, and tech requirements to do that so it's just not something I'm looking to do at this point in time so yeah on t- speaking of Facebook being absolutely bloody ridiculous, um, our dear friend of the podcast, who we love dearly, she's been on twice onto the podcast because we like her, I like her that much. I know a lot of you do as well, um, is Susan Crawford. So I've talked about her evolution book um, a couple of times. I reviewed it a few episodes back. It's her newest book. It's about the evolution of, of her as a, a woman after her double mastectomy a couple of years ago. And, and how she's evolved her style and her fashion and things. It's, it's partly that evolution, but she's also taken her inspiration from the Vintage Shetland Project, which again, there are a couple of interviews with her that explain all about these. But the, the Vintage Shetland Project was where she spent like five years studying the knitwear in the Shetland Museum. And her husband, Gavin, built a computer program to basically re- record all of the knitwear by hand typing every stitch in so that she could then grade up all of that knitwear uh, to be available as a pattern in modern sizes and research the history of that knitwear. So there was a piece in there from the suffragettes that had links to the suffragettes. There was a jumper in there that was a pilot's lucky jumper that he was convinced stopped him from being shot down. Like There were loads of amazing stories in there and the amount of like the years of effort that she'd gone to to research that. And then she took some of those like base ideas and bit from the patterns in Vintage Shetland projects and has like evolved those patterns into something, you know, less vintage in Shetlandy and more, um, a bit more mainstream, a bit more modern and, you know, tweaked the idea of those, right? Evolution. It's, we're not talking about freaking Darwin. We're talking about knitting and someone's evolution in her fashion sense, right? We're not talking about that. When she announced the name of the book, she got a lot of abuse, a lot of abuse, you know, from very fundamental Christians who were just like, you're a terrible person, Jesus hates you, you're going to hell, blah, 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 like really nasty abuse. Didn't even bother to look at the the use of the word, like that, that word isn't owned by one thing, it's got several different meanings. She's been very clear about what the meaning of that is. There is no reference at all to biological evolution at whatsoever. But still, there's a problem with it, clearly. There's no problem with any other hate speech or, you know, encouraging suicide or anorexia or anything else on Facebook and Instagram because, I mean, that 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 doesn't help anyone. So they won't let her advertise it. Shadow banned her hashtags and everything. She can't advertise it, can't run ads on it, banned. 
Complained, still banned. It's a lot of bollocks. Absolute lot of bollocks. And it makes me cross and it makes a lot of other people cross. So um, she's not allowed to advertise it on there, but she is obviously still allowed to sell it on her own website. So the book is now available. So before it was, if you bought the book, you got the PDF patterns, but the book that goes with it is about to be published. So, and I think it's a really nice collection. Like I've got quite a few of the things in there queued up to make. I know people that have made them really, really like them. So go check that out. It's over on her website, susancrawfordvintage.com and you'll find all the stuff about evolution. I think it's really a really nice way to kind of like round up the last sort of five years of her work and her life into one project and, and build something really positive out of it. Um, I think it's amazing. I think Facebook's absolute dross. And yeah, I think we should all support Susan. So let's let's head over there and and have a look. And if you can't or you don't want to, you don't like the patterns, just share it and and with someone else who will. And you know, we'll get around. Screw the algorithm. Screw you, Zuckerberg. Basically. <sighs> anyway, so the other next thing I realised I haven't even done the sting that goes into like this is the intro. No, this is the main bit, but I'm on one. I'm already 17 minutes in, so I'm going to carry on. That's all right with you, because it's that kind of day. And um, the other thing was, I've had some loads of new listeners recently. Hello, new listeners. And that's super exciting to me. And a lot of people coming into the Mighty Networks group or, con you know, saying hello on social who are saying, I'm, I'm a new listener. I found you in lockdown. Um, I found you through doing a Google search of knitting podcasts and you came up and, you know, I've just come back to knitting. I've been knitting for about a year. And I don't think, I think this is what where the title came from, from this ep for this episode is like, you forget what you know. And that applies to so many different things in life. Um, but it also applies to knitting. And obviously I've been talking about knitting now for eight, over eight years on the internet. Um, in this podcast, which is is forever on the internet, I'm definitely like golden oldie. And you sometimes forget when you see things every day that you know things, and you take it for granted that other people will know them as well. And this this goes for your knitting life, it goes for personal things, it goes for professional things. We really often fail to see what our biggest talents are because we just assume everybody else finds it that easy and why wouldn't you because you find it so easy you forget what you know you know you forget how much you know and that that was like a kind of something that came back to me when um I shared Nitty First Fall so Nitty First Fall is out and I dropped that into the patterns ideas thread uh, about 10 days ago now I think it was um just to share it because Nitty's a free resource and I completely forgot that some people have never heard of knitting. Like it just, in the same way that some people have never heard of Ravelry, I'm going to have to start calling them the R word, you know, like Voldemort, like he shall not be named. It's like the knitting site that shall not be named. Um, I forget that people don't know about knitting. And so I've, what I've done today is I've put together some of my like favourite things that I assume that everybody knows about. But you might not do, and especially if you're one of my new listeners and you've only just come back to knitting recently, you've or you've only started knitting recently, you might not know about these these different resources that are really cool and helpful. So I thought I would share some of those with you today. The first one of which is knitting. 
So Nitty, you will find at nitty.com, is run by Amy Singer, along with some other notable names who assist with that, including Kate Atherley, who's been on the podcast before, Rachel Brown, also half of Yarn in the City, who's been on the podcast before in past episodes. And it's it's a free online knitting magazine. They also do a lot of resources for learning different things so different techniques and substitutions different stitches different tutorials are also covered in knitty different articles about knitting you'll find in knitty along with all of the different patterns so they do collections all all the time so knitty first fall is just don't know it's been going for 18 years online and it like i say it's all free so a lot of designers get their first kind of exposure I guess or the first go at designing by um, submitting a pattern to Nitty and Nitty's got a large readership so you get a lot of kind of new fans from that. Uh, They also run a Patreon so they offer extra kind of stuff with their Patreon as well because obviously it's a free um, publication you know they they have costs so they some of that's covered by advertising and if you have a yarn business and want to advertise on knitty you can do at very competitive rates um but it's just a really cool resource for all different kinds of patterns and information it's like a free magazine online essentially for knitting so that's knitty.com you can go and check that out there um my next one for you is the craft yarn council now again they've got a ton of stuff particularly knitty has some as well of this but craft yarn council has quite a bit more information for if you are considering becoming a designer because what craft yarn council have got have got all of the standards for sizing so all of the standard sizings for all of the different sizes men women children unisex whatever they're all on there all downloadable all of the different um little icons you need for different you know yarn weights and things you can download all of those off there there's lots of guidance on there about how to submit designs to publications in order to be considered to be a paid designer for that publication and what sort of things you need to think about gotchas you know what things do people cock up when they're trying to submit a design what do they not do how to make sure that you don't not do those things as well and lots of stuff about like the kind of more industry side of things. So if that's something you're interested in, then you can find all again all of that over at the Craft Yarn Council. They also have like an education teaching part to that as well for the actual knitting, crochet, whatever. But I think it, what it's best for is those like industry standard things. So you make sure you're copying and setting things to the right standard and not just something that's made up. So that is the Craft Yarn Council. My next one is yarnsub.com, which is a great resource for substitution of yarn. Depending on how seriously you want to take it, you might just do what I often do, which is kind of lick my finger, stick it in the wind. And if it's a DK and a DK and it's made out of the same stuff, then nine times out of 10, it's probably going to work. If it's spun in a similar way and it's a similar yardage and it's a DK and it's they're both made out of wool, it's probably close enough. If you're not quite there yet, or you want to take a slightly more scientific approach to things, you can actually put different brands of yarn and different details of yarn into Yarn Sub, and it will help you with substituting the yarn that the pattern calls for with other suitable yarns to use instead. 
If you can't use the yarn that the pattern calls for, for whatever reason, be it, you know, you might be allergic to it, you might not use animal yarn, you might not use expensive yarn, it might be hand-dyed, you want something less expensive, whatever it is, it will assist you in substituting yarns. That's yarnsub.com. My final one for you, no, I've got two more. One of them I was supposed to mention earlier and forgot because <laughs> I can't read my own writing, which is knittinghistory.com. So this kind of links back into the start of the episode where we were talking about other aspects of knitting history. Knittinghistory.com, they've got a forum where you can discuss historical knitting. What it does have, particularly if you're doing research for articles or you want to just learn about any particular knitty subject in more depth, is they've got massive reading lists on all different knitty subjects. They run different kind of conferences online stuff. They have people who will assist with research if you are researching a knitting or you know yarn related uh, historical information they can help you with that so if you're into like the geekery and what went before and, and how people are, are doing things now and, and some of the cutting edge stuff as well then knittinghistory.com is a good place to go check out finally and especially for those of you who are maybe quite new or have come to the knitting in the last sort of 12 months or so although I still use their stuff all day, every day, like I love them to death, I think they're brilliant, is tincanknits.com. So they have the simple collection, which is what it says. It is there. If you are a knitting teacher, you can use the simple collection to teach. You can use their patterns to teach knitting in shops, wherever. Wherever you want to teach it, you can use that pattern to do that. Um. Obviously, the simple collection, if you're teaching yourself, is very handy because it's a really like solid, like jumpers, sweat, um, not sweaters, uh, a beanie hat, all these other different basic patterns like mittens and what have you are all are all in that. So you can go through the whole thing. It's, it's very much a go-to collection is a simple collection. But what they also do, their patterns are really good. I swear by their patterns. They're always really well written from baby to big really nice to wear, fashionable, but pretty much every technique they've ever used in anything, they have done a tutorial for it on their website. So the website itself is a treasure trove of information about anything to do with knitting your own clothes, basically. And it's explained in a really easy and helpful way. I've interviewed uh, Emily, Emily Vessel before of Tink Hand Knits way back a few years back probably 2014-ish I think it was I'll put a link in the show notes back to that episode as well where she talks all about like the, you know the idea behind Tin Can Knits and how they got started and everything but as a resource for like looking stuff up and getting help with techniques or whatever else then I don't you know they are really good and worth checking out so they're basically like some of my go-to resources that I assume everybody knows about, but they, they might not do. So thank you for whoever it was. And it was several of you who didn't know what Nitty was or had forgotten Nitty existed because you have inspired today's podcast. So that's all I've got time for today. I will be back again next week. I'm hoping to do some, because today's the 1st of October, don't you know? So October happens every year and today's the 1st of October. So I will be pulling together some good sock related content over the next 
few weeks of October and also hopefully some interviews and stuff as well. So until then, I hope you'll have a lovely week. Thank you so much for listening as always. And I will speak to you again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found on the website at shinybees.com forward slash 158. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with me and other listeners of the show, you can join our free community over at shinybees.com forward slash community. If that's all right.